Well, hello, this is Ron Cohen. I'm a tax partner at Greenstein, Rogoff, Olson and Company, and this is our tax update podcast. Today is March 24th. It is 10, 11 a.m. And uh, we're going to cover a number of things today. The uh, IRS has created a mess. It's kind of not their fault. Congress did it to them by passing retroactive laws. But this is regarding unemployment uh, benefits. Then, two, we're going to talk about a new study that uh, was in the Wall Street Journal uh, where where there's uh, suspicions that high-income folks are engaged in a high proportion of tax evasion schemes. And then uh, three, I'm going to cover the extension rule. Since it's March 24th, you may I mean, know April 15th for individuals been delayed to May 17th, but there's a bunch of rules about extensions that uh, people are not uh, familiar with. For most people, it's okay because uh, they've paid in enough, but uh, we'll get into that. And then um, there's a, a file-free uh, part of the IRS website, and now they've raised it where you can use it if your income's not more than $72,000. used to be one point it was $25,000, then it was $50,000. So people who um, don't need to go to big firms like mine <laughs> can certainly go and get a lot of things done for free on the IRS website. The state of California, where we are, has uh, some similar things. Okay, well, again, this is Ron Cohen. We're in beautiful downtown Fremont, California, about 12 miles north of San Jose and 35 miles south of San Francisco. I want to put in a few caveats here that uh, take no reliance on anything you hear on this podcast uh, in order to take uh, our information to heart and file a return using it. You have to become a client, sign an engagement letter, give us all the pertinent facts. We have to get back to you. This is more just intellectual entertainment as I go through some of the things we're facing in tax practice. Number two, plagiarism is okay here. Uh, tax law can be cited. Uh, articles from other people who put their best thoughts up on the internet in order to become famous. Uh, everybody's just trying to get the lowest tax and best answer for their clients. And uh, so plagiarism is okay, although I'll try to give credit whenever I can. We're going to try to avoid politics as much as humanly possible, although often pol political battles lead to um, the uh, way the tax law is. So we'll mention that at time. All right, we do about 1,400 tax returns here at the firm, and we do planning, we do home office work for those who need uh, that kind of level of support. You can call us anytime. And lastly, we're no cheerleader for the tax system. Certainly I'm not. I think it's intrusive. I think it invades your privacy. I think it uh, passes, Congress passes a lot of laws to motivate things, you to do things that you might not want to do, but you get a better tax answer that may actually not uh, be to your best benefit. Uh, and uh, and working with the IRS and the level of complexity is through the roof. But we respect the system, and we always try to get an A-plus on a tax return. A-plus, not an A-minus, not a B, not a C. The, uh, the law is the law. We can make suggestions on how to change it. I'm no cheerleader for it. There's got to be a better, more, faster, better, cheaper, more elegant way. But we are where we are. So we're at um, at the GroCo. That's www.groco.com. Our phone number is 510-797-8661, extension 237. Don't worry, all this information's in the show notes below. 
And so thank you for listening to all that. Now let's let's get moving here. All right. So the uh, the last tax act that passed, I believe it was March 11th, had a good provision, especially with the COVID pandemic, that um, you could exclude from your income. That is, uh, you have to report it, but then you get to subtract it out. $10,200 per individual for unemployment insurance payments uh, for the 2020 year. Well, this is great. A lot of people were unemployed, got benefits here in California from our Employment Development Department, EDD. And, um, uh, uh, and to the surprise of many, those payments are taxable income, except they just passed an exclusion uh, for households with modified adjusted gross income of $150,000 or less. And it's a $10,200 per person. So you might have two people in the family that got uh, those those benefits and your software will kind of work it out give, if you give it all the information and um, so forth. Well, there there's a problem because they passed that about March 11th. A lot of people had already filed their returns. People had reported that as income. Uh, the IRS came out and said, well, if you've already reported as income as of March 11th, the date the bill passed, don't worry, we'll come back and we'll, we'll automatically amend you the, your return and send you the money. And so uh, I have several clients in this situation and we looked into it and well, our, you know, the problem is that we can't react this quick, right? The, we're dependent on our software because everything has to fit the e-filing requirements to get through the system for the return to be lodged in correctly. Forms have to be updated, different uh, things. So the IRS came in, well, put it on this line and put the code e, uh, UCE, Unemployment Compensation Exclusion, next to the number. And, and then there's been some problems and uh, software companies, right? right? They, it can take them a month or two or more to program a form correctly or a new procedure correctly. And the IRS uh, just says, well, don't, here's the new procedure, do it this way. Well, so there's a lot of problems going on, and and this is for hardworking regular folks that make a, a below 150,000 modified adjusted gross income. Uh, um, it's causing lots of problems, but that's the problem you have when you pass a retroactive uh, tax, right? Uh, change, retroactive change. Uh, people have to learn it. The forms have to be changed. The computer systems have to be changed. We're in the middle of tax season. So if that applies to you, look into it. Uh, we'll put the we'll put the IRS notice in the show notes, and uh, hopefully that will get all resolved with the software companies that uh, we use to do the returns uh, and TurboTax and uh, all the different various vendors. We'll get it all worked out. The IRS will decide what they're going to do, um, and we'll go from there. Okay. Um, so then, uh, secondly, it's a problem every year where a lot of investors have um, investments in publicly traded partnerships, publicly traded partnerships. And uh, the, these are, these are uh, big enterprises, syndications. Uh, they trade similar to stocks on exchanges. And uh, if you've been around this business, you know, especially for high-end clients, we're always waiting for your K-1, your Schedule K-1 from, for your partnership. And uh, uh, we, uh, that's often usually the number one reason why people have to extend their tax returns because their K-1 hasn't come in, showing how much income deductions, credits, foreign tax credits, 
50 other items that have to go through your personal tax return coming from this investment that your broker had you sign up for. Well, just want to note, and it'll be in the show notes, there is a website where even though you may have not, not gotten your K-1 in the mail, if it's a publicly traded partnership, you can go to this website and they're all listed. And you could pull down your K-1 from that website, uh, www.taxpackagesupport.com. And we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, that's a just real practical problem we run into every year. And hopefully that helps. Okay. Um, there was a report being written. Um, and, and the IRS is uh, going through it. And it has a number of comments about high income taxpayers and implies that they cheat a lot. And so I'm going to get a little bit opinionated here that, uh, well, what's going on? Uh, now, first of all, there is a large amount of tax evasion. Let's uh, look at the definitions for a mo moment. Tax avoidance is legal. Tax avoidance means you found a code section, a regulation, a court case, uh, you read the instructions properly, and you have a choice between doing something one way or the other way. They're both legal, and of course, you choose the way that reduces your tax. That's perfectly legal. We do it all the day, all, every day, and the, both the IRS and the um, courts support that. Tax avoidance, perfectly legal. Tax evasion is cheating. That's uh, either leaving things out or, or interpreting the rule significantly wrong. Tax evasion can create uh, additional taxes due, interest, severe penalties. And if you're really, really bad and don't cooperate, then um, prosecution. And uh, the good number of people, I think it's three, 400 people a year actually do uh, six months at Club Fed, <laughs> the uh, federal prison because um, they evaded taxes, they didn't cooperate. I'll get into in a bit later, but the IRS almost never wants to prosecute you. If they find something, they just want to penalize you. They want the civil penalties, the money penalties. They don't want to spend the time with the lawyers and so forth, uh, the internal cost to actually prosecute someone, unless something they did was really, really bad. Generally, they just want the penalties. They don't want to, but people won't cooperate. And if you don't cooperate, then they'll say, okay, now I have to make an example out of you, and they will refer the case to the Department of Justice. Uh, you get a U.S. attorney on the case, and God bless you, because that's uh, a whole different uh, way of life <laughs> that we at this firm um, uh, intentionally try to avoid as much as possible. Um, we we do our our work. We, we uh, are very um, precise in vetting clients that come to us. Uh, we don't want to get anywhere near a U.S. attorney. Uh, for a evasion case, we do properly go through cases of proper avoidance because that's legal and that's proper, but not evasion. Okay, um, uh, let me digress for a moment. I've been meaning to say this in this podcast for a while. Um, th this issue where you're driving down the road and you listen to the radio, and here's you know three three depending on the the channel you're listening to, you know three commercials an hour will be about, we can get the IRS through a special program to relieve you of any taxes, you know, these unpaid taxes, unfiled tax returns, we'll get it all fixed up. Call us, call us, you know, we have a AAA Better Business Bureau rating and uh, we'll make it all okay. Well, 
Uh, I just want to state for the record here that, yes, those, those firms do good work, but they're leaving out a very important aspect in those ads. And I wish they would just even for three seconds say that um, when, you, when you come to the IRS and you have lots of troubles and unfiled returns and unpaid back taxes, they make you fill out uh, a uh, application. Uh, it's a form starting in the 4000 series. I don't remember right off here at hand, but it's just like filling out a mortgage application. I mean, they want to know everything about you and your assets and uh, things related to you and companies and all over the world. And then, then you turn it in, and 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 the the hard reality is, if you owe taxes and you have assets, they will review the application. The IRS will say, "Hey, you have this valuable asset. Why don't you go sell it and pay your taxes?" Uh, and and that's serious as a heart attack. That's the way it works. Uh, I've never seen it work any other way. I've uh, been involved in some of those cases. They, they, they say, you, you have something worth money, um, go sell it and pay your back taxes. Uh, sometimes there's some exclusions for your home or your car that you need to get to work, but that's it. So the people who qualify for let's make a deal and you only have to pay one eighth of what you owe and we'll make it all okay under the special IRS fresh start programs. Well, those people are pretty much bankrupt. And then the IRS view changes as well. We don't want to keep you from being able to work in the future, pay your taxes in the future. If you're pretty much bankrupt, we'll waive this. Uh, they put it in abeyance. They put it in a special account for 10 years. And then they watch and see if you become uh, well off again over the next 10 years. And then they'll come back and say, hey, pay the bill that uh, we didn't, we let go. We put in abeyance. So um, anyway, getting that off my chest, because I listen to those ads and they say, you really ought to tell people that we can't make it all better unless you're pretty much bankrupt. Otherwise, you'll tell the IRS about all your assets. You have to, sworn affidavit, you know, sworn application. You can't lie. You can't lie. And um, uh, because that's another felony if you lie. <laughs> Not filing's a felony and then lying on the uh, forgiveness application is a felony. So don't do that. And if you're not pretty much bankrupt, um, they're not gonna they're not gonna cut a deal because they'll, they'll just tell you sell your stuff and pay your taxes. Okay, got that off my chest. Now moving on, this um, article in the Wall Street Journal uh, by Mr. Richard Rubin. Uh, the they're studying tax compliance on high income taxpayers, and they write overall the paper estimates that the top one percent of households fail to report about twenty one percent of their income with six percentage points of that due to sophisticated strategies that random audits don't detect. For the top 0.01%, that's the super, super rich, unreported income may be nearly twice as large as conventional IRS methodologies would should suggest the researchers wrote. Okay, this is a Ron Cohen caution, caution, caution. Uh, the people who write this are uh, triple PhDs who can't otherwise make a living. And they're way overeducated and do a bunch of spreadsheets and uh, AI and, uh, and, uh, and special analysis and uh, say, well, if this, then that. They don't know. They're guessing. They're guessing. All the very wealthy people uh, were involved with the, and people I'd run into, they just want not to be bothered. They don't want to be hassled. They want to do it right. They want to do it right. But there is big tax evasion. evasion. I just... Uh, I'm very skeptical, skeptical, skeptical of uh, broad statements uh, 
uh, based on assumptions, based on very exotic projections. Let me uh, let me conflate the fact that you know when this COVID thing started, we were told by uh, a researcher that there were going to be two million deaths uh, in the U.S. due to COVID. We're at five hundred thousand. Each death is terrible, but uh, the ability for a quote unquote researcher to get it totally wrong is uh, is immense. Now, uh, in going through that, so they're talking about the strategies include offshore tax avoidance, which may have uh, waned after stricter reporting requirements took effect about a decade ago. Oh, yeah, it sure did. Uh, but many high-income Americans use partnerships and similar entities to avoid taxes, and such behavior may be increasing. So listen to these words. And such behavior may be increasing and become harder for tax authorities to find and untangle, said David Rank of the London School of Economics, the paper's lead non-government author. Well, based on what, right? Uh, you're, you're sim- you're, so uh, they, uh, those are some really broad statements. Uh, again, we, we have found uh, most people just want to get it right and don't want hassles with the IRS and um, don't uh, get too far afield. But, but indeed, there is tax evasion. Uh, I may uh, pontificate a little bit to say it may be because unlike some high-end tax firms, uh, law firms in Washington and uh, New York and L.A., where they specialize in these very exotic, aggressive tax positions, uh, uh, we stay away from that. Uh, If we don't see that it's clear tax avoidance, legal, versus tax evasion, illegal, we don't touch it. Uh, IRS audit rates and enforcement staff staffing have declined steadily for a decade amid, amid budget cuts, some from across the government reductions and some focused on the IRS after the, its agency said it had given some conservative groups improper scrutiny. I have noticed that <clears throat> the uh, staffing, uh, budgeting, training of IRS people has definitely been restricted. Their morale is down. Uh, and they triage. They say, well, we can't look at this. We'll look at that. So I certainly agree with his appointed uh, president. Biden and other Democrats have proposed reversing that trend with a significant expansion of the U.S. tax agency. OK, good. Good luck with that. Um, using internal IRS data, uh, return data, the researchers looked at people who disclosed offshore accounts. These are the foreign bank account reports, Form 114. Uh, about a decade ago, when the IRS was encouraging people to come forward in exchange for more lenient treatment, this was during President Obama. There was a, a, a offshore voluntary disclosure program where if you had had a Swiss bank account for 20 years and never told them about it, you could come in, pay taxes and penalties and uh, and get yourself out of trouble. I worked a lot of those cases. They found that hundreds of them had been picked years before their disclosures for random audits that the IRS uses to measure tax avoidance, and that the IRS auditors found the offshore accounts just 7% of the time. Now, that is interesting. That is interesting. So you always got to file your foreign bank account reports. If you have more than $10,000 in foreign bank accounts, foreign investment accounts, uh, even foreign life insurance accounts, I could do an hour on how the FBARs work. Uh, But I find it extremely interesting that uh, 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 that the IRS audit system, uh, in hindsight, based on what these researchers found, only found 7% of the, 
of the unfiled foreign bank accounts reports. At our firm, <laughs> you always file your FBARs, always, always, always. Got to do it, big penalties for not doing it. So we ask clients about it and we make sure those are filed. Okay, so um, that's my comment on this Wall Street Journal article. A lot of assumptions, a bit of hyperbole. Uh, the only way to really get good numbers is do audits. And I, I will say that uh, the audit rate is low. When I started in the 1970s, I remember everybody you know who was fairly well off either had been audited in recent years or knew of one or two friends who had recently been audited. Now, the IRS says, well, we have so much better computer systems now and matching programs, we don't need to audit that much. But certainly the audit rate is way down. Uh, and, and that is because, you know, with e-filings, <laughs> I will, I will expound on this a little bit. When you e-file your return, most people don't know this, but our software, even TurboTax, all the softwares, and the IRS system does over 1,000 different continuity checks on your return. Does this number that's over here agree to that number that's over there because they're supposed to be the same number? Does it make sense? Are there things that people do wrong all the time so they have to uh, the, 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 so the return essentially, and I've been saying this for years, the return is getting audited before we turn it in compared to the way it used to be in the 1970s and 1980s because we can't get the return through e-filing unless it makes a lot of sense, right? You can't have random things in there that are, are mistakes where one form doesn't flow to the next form correctly, the thing will get rejected and it won't be able to be sent in. And that's because this is exactly the point. They don't have the time, money, resources, or training of IRS auditors to be uh, looking at all these little issues. They want the computers to narrow it down so that when they do audit someone, it's it's for a significant issue. And and so um, so there you go. Um, and um, uh, um, again, again, I admit my bias that there may be significant tax evasion at the top end uh, for the reasons they wrote um, um, without getting too direct here. It's just a, I don't live in that world. Uh, every day we wake up and we try to do the best we we can, get everything filed correctly, uh, and uh, we don't take a lot of uh, even aggressive positions in the avoidance, which is legal world. Um, as again, most clients and mo most taxpayers, uh, the last thing they want to do is get involved in a tussle with the IRS. Uh, they just want to be left alone. All right, so moving on here, uh, Janet Yellen, the Secretary of Treasury, She's working with other countries on an agreement to update corporate tax rules to establish a minimum global tax as the Biden administration considers raising taxes on businesses in order to finance its spending priorities. The, the Washington Post reported Monday that the effort could be one of Yellen's biggest accomplishments. Janet Yellen, she was the head of the Federal Reserve Bank for years. Uh, if an agreement is reached that could be critical, to push any to to uh, to any push from the Biden from Biden to raise taxes to offset the cost of future spending proposals. All right. So uh, the reason I'm bringing this up is I want to make a comment. Uh, in the Trump tax bill in 2017, we got the guilty tax, the global intangibles tax. Uh, we always have PFIC, passive foreign investment companies. We have subpart F. We had the 965 rules to pull in income from offshore. If you're doing your returns correctly, uh, there isn't a lot that isn't being taxed. And uh, 
uh, at some point, uh, well, and I don't want to comment too much because we don't have a lot of detail of what Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is thinking about, but uh, more compliance is not good. Uh, uh, one of the things I have said for several years, nobody's listening, but uh, uh, we've actually seen people turn away from doing business in the U.S. because uh, they, they come here, uh, they're well off, they have lots of businesses offshore, and we go through an analysis and we explain how you're going to get taxed in the U.S. and especially in the state of California. Don't get me started with the state of California. Uh, you're going to get taxed on income that is not earned here. Uh, and, and so a lot of wealthy folks uh, looking to expand go through the tax analysis and say, well, I just wanted to start this little new business there in the States. But if you're going to draw in and make me disclose and tell you about all this stuff and then work some fractions where I have to pay tax in your jurisdiction on income that has nothing to do with your jurisdiction, um, I'm, not, I'm not coming by. And so uh, uh, it's very anti-business they have to be careful about putting more and more layers of uh, of uh, international taxation. I think we're, already we have one of the worst systems in the world on international taxation uh, because it's been built up through the 1980s. Uh, Bill Clinton put some issues in there, and then uh, President George Bush, and then President uh, Trump, and and uh, this is certainly a situation where less is more, less is more. But we seem to be more is more. And uh, at some time, I, I have heard this from very successful businessmen who just say, you know, I'm just going to the beach, Ron. You know, you've explained exactly what will happen to me if I do X and Y and Z. I'm just going to the beach. I've been successful. I made a lot of money. I'm not going to spend what remaining time I have on this planet getting a master's degree and, and worrying every day about uh, my uh, U.S. tax position. And then you have any uh, the, some of my prior podcasts get into multi-state taxation having to do with economic nexus. And uh, listen to that if you want to uh, put yourself to sleep. But the complexities are just growing at an exponential rate. And that makes rich people who want to start businesses go to the beach and say, bag it, it's not worth it. Uh, so um, again, a little bit of a political view there. So let's move on to extensions. Uh, let's for the moment, you know, uh, assume it was a regular due day, April 15th coming up here in a non-COVID year. I wanted to point out a couple of interesting issues about extensions. Now, extensions are an extension of the time to file your return. It's not an extension of the time to pay the tax. So you have to do a very good estimate of what tax you may owe by the time you file the extension. And this is I'm talking about federal form 4868. In California, um, uh, they have similar rules. <coughs> Excuse me, they have similar rules, but there, there's a couple of nuances I want to get into. Um, so you got to get like 90% of the tax paid in with the extension, even though you won't get your K1s and all your other computations and your S corps done until uh, maybe up to October 15th, which is the extended due date. So you got to do you got to do a pretty good job at estimating it. One of the big points is if you're going to do an extension, remember you still got to make your first quarter estimated tax payment for the current year. And that's even true here with uh, 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 this extension to May 17th for the extension for individuals. I'm talking about individuals, not other things that were not extended, but for individuals. But your first quarter estimated tax payment that is normally due on April 15th is still 
due on April 15th. So now you're kind of like playing three-level chess. You're trying to get your extension right for last year. You're going to make your estimate payment for uh, uh, the current year. There's some issues about, well, can you just overpay on your extension and then apply it to the prior year? I'm, I'm not uh, to the current year. I'm not going to get into all that. Uh, but um, uh, so extensions are are difficult. And about 10 or 15 percent of the taxpayers do file an extension. And it's for a lot of good reasons. They, they, they Like I say, a lot of the uh, entity returns aren't done yet or they, they're just a little slow or or, you know, we have tax returns that are four or five hundred pages. Right. It just uh, all the all the numbers haven't landed yet. All the work is being done. So um, you can file an extension on Form 4868. You have to estimate what uh, your tax is. Make sure you pay in 90 percent of the tax by the extension due date this year. For individuals, it's May 17th instead of April 15th. Um, uh, but I want to point out they made a change a couple of years ago that if you pay the IRS electronically, you don't have to file a Form 4868. And it says right on the instructions for 4868 that if you pay using direct pay, which uh, we've, we've noted a few times, IRS direct pay, or you use the uh, ET, uh, uh, ET, <laughs> EFTPS, excuse me, the electronic payment system, EFTPS, that all corporations need. Uh, but you use that to pay some individual tax. Just making the payment electronically is deemed to be the same as filing a Form 4868. And that's good because it's another piece of paper. You don't have to file electronically or mail in. And the key concept here is you just have to make sure you've got in 90% of your tax paid in. Uh, a lot of people are on withholding, right? They've got their tax paid in already because they it was withheld throughout the year. It's on their W-2. And, uh, and, and you can file an extension. Uh, you are deemed to file extension if you use the uh, to any of the two, I believe, of the... There's actually three with an ACH system. I won't go into that, but there's a direct pay and there's an EFTPS you just do that, um, uh, you know, sometime after between January 1st and the due date, uh, which this year is May 17th, you are deemed to have filed the 4868. And uh, we've done that. It works and it's uh, very good. Uh, or you can uh, uh, out, mail in a paper 4868 or if you have software like we do, you can file them electronically. All is good. Just make sure you file it. Now, why is that so important? All right, this is a memorandum I'm going to go through here because there's a few tweaks in um, doing extensions. Um, uh, it, and let me preface it to say, if you've paid it enough, you're all good. You're all good. If you haven't paid it enough, there are a few edgy issues here. So the longstanding policy of the IRS is that an extension must be a good faith effort to predict the final, final, final tax liability for the prior year on the return. The taxpayer must not file an extension solely to avoid or defer the government's formal assessment of tax when you would otherwise file your return on the original due date. In other words, you can't fake them out. You can't send in a 4868 that's way low, that says your tax is way low than it ultimately ends up to be. If the extension is filed with less than 90% of the final tax paid in, later, when the final return is filed, and someday you're going to file that return, even if it's late, you're going to file it. The taxpayer may, although it is rare, be assessed penalties as if no extension was filed, which then starts the clock ticking at 
penalty per month from the due date, usually April 15th. This year, it's May 17th. Often, the IRS charges only half a percent per month for failure to pay penalty plus interest. Therefore, taxpayers believe there is a large penalty advantage simply by filing the form 4868 or now do a direct pay or EFTPS and understating the final tax if they have a large underpayment. So I know I owe a million dollars. I don't have it. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. I'm going to send in a form 4868 uh, saying I only owe 200,000. That's a lie. Don't lie. Don't lie on anything you send to the IRS. Don't do it. Don't do it. So you're going to wildly understate the tax. And why are you doing that? Because you figure that when you file your return ultimately later, they'll only charge you the half a percent, one half a percent per month failure to pay penalty and not the four and a half percent per month failure to file penalty. That's what people do. And for many years, and even now, I have to say they're right. I tried never to do anything like that, but there's there's an issue. We have seen returns where Extension was filed. It was wildly too low. We didn't know there were you know, miscommunications. And then we filed the return. And indeed, taxpayer only gets charged half a percent per month instead of four and a half percent per month. And you can imagine those are huge sums of money uh, if it's a big, big amount. Further, the IRS and California Franchise Tax Board rules require, require, require the taxpayer to enter into an installment agreement making payments over time in a specific agreement with the IRS or the Franchise Tax Board from the date of the extension. So you can't say, well, I mailed in this extension 4868, I way low estimated my tax. Now I can just sit and wait till October when I, or when I file my return to deal with this. No, no. The regulations say if you're underpaid, you're supposed to get on the phone and the IRS website has a special part of their website, start working out an installment agreement uh, right now and not wait. So uh, that that's something that's often a shocker to people uh, for many, many significant under, for any significant underpayment in tax. Said another way, the taxpayer is not allowed to wait until the extension due date, October 15th for individuals and pay in more than 10% of their tax for the prior year without significant penalties. The IRS understands some people don't have the money. So if so, they are required to request an installment agreement. Uh, you just can't ignore it. So uh, uh, that's a very important issue that comes up sometimes, as I said before. If you've paid in all your tax, you're not going to be in trouble. It's not going to be a problem. But this is what you know you deal with, with where, where there's underpayment situations. Now, where this has gotten really dicey for your friendly CPA is the IRS has started a program where if uh, the CPA sends an extension saying they owe $200,000 and have paid that in, and ultimately, on the return, they owed a million dollars. Uh, we have heard that in the southern states, Mississippi and Louisiana, an IRS SWAT team was actually going to the CPA offices and saying, why did you file a false extension and coming after us, the return preparers? So, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Right. So uh, I just want to add on this uh, point that uh, uh, keep in mind, generally, people have a misunderstanding of the IRS and criminal prosecutions. It's extremely rare for the IRS to attempt a criminal prosecution. It is the policy of the IRS since the 1940s that if the taxpayer voluntarily corrects a problem, let me say that again, 
voluntarily corrects a problem before the IRS identifies the issue and sends notices by correct, uh, correctly filing and paying any tax due with penalty. That is, the, the taxpayer gets it all sorted out, files, pays, deals with the penalties. The IRS generally will not even consider prosecution. Rather, they really, and I've seen this in practice, just want the money they owe, the person owes. Even when the IRS has already identified the issue, they will give the taxpayer many, many chances to resolve the issue and pay before moving towards prosecution, except in the case of mobsters and drug dealers and terrorists and some politicians. <laughs> and then they want to make an example out of, of the person. It is very expensive for the IRS to attempt a criminal prosecution, even when the person is really, really guilty. It's expensive. So all they want, they try to avoid it and they just so cooperate and pay, cooperate and pay and just make it go away. It's it's okay. Uh, um, so I hope that information is helpful. Extensions have some some tricky parts. All right. So moving on here, uh, just wanted to. I think I covered most of what I had to say today. Let me. Uh, yes. Yeah, so um, um, the IRS has a system where you can file taxes for free if your income's up to seventy two thousand dollars. I think I mentioned that, right? I went through all this. Okay. Um, Sorry for being a little sketchy here, but all right. So that's uh, pretty much it. Just remember, I'd like to add a personal thought on the end here that people ask me uh, uh, because you know, I talk to people once, twice a year, sometimes more. Depends on the situation and looking at the political and economic situation we're in right now. People ask me, Ron, how do how do we get out of this mess? As if as if I have some clairvoyant powers to know. And all I can say is I refer, always revert back to Ayn Rand, uh, the writer of The Fountainhead and uh, Atlas Shrugged. And I go back to one of her uh, famous uh, quotes saying, be a producer, don't be a moocher or a looter. Uh, this obviously excludes the old and the sick and, ex ex and uh, disabled persons. But wake up every morning and try to be a producer. For 10,000 years of history, when the world falls apart, uh, uh, the only way it gets back together is when people try to go out and produce something every day and then trade their goods and services for value. Uh, then all the moochers and looters, which is mostly uh, in, in history, made up of government, ruins it every 40 years or so, and we have to start all over again. So when I get down and overwhelmed by the news, I say, just get up in the morning and try to produce. And I hope that's uh, helpful. Tax return preparers provide a valuable service. I think I do. But, uh, but I kind of think that we're moochers a bit, right? Because we're, our whole existence is based off of uh, providing service to the uh, Internal Revenue Service and the state tax authorities. But, uh, and I think generally tax returns should take about 10 minutes a year. If they write the laws, rewrite them, make them faster, better, cheaper, more elegant, we could do that. There's no re for, neat reason for all this complexity. But again, getting a little bit too, too, too political, um, and uh, so my profession, uh, the tax side of the business, really, in my view, uh, should be very, very small and not exist. But it does exist. We're complying with the rules that Congress and the president has passed. And so um, uh, we'll just have to go with that. So with that said, I'm going to get back to work. Thank you for listening. This is Ron Cohen at Greenstein Rogoff Olson and Company. We're at uh, 510-797-8661. My extension is 237. I hope this information is helpful, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you.